Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Dads. My name's Sean. My name's Curtis. Today we're talking about the 1997 hit movie Home Alone 3, uh, not starring Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Macaul- That's what I said, right? Yeah, Macaulay. Macaulay. Common name. Everybody knows it. Macaulay Culkin. Common name. I know seven Macaulays. And I had some time to practice saying that name because Curtis already corrected me. And this is the second time we recorded this intro. We got about 20 minutes yeah. into the podcast. We got a good rehearsal. Yeah, we got about 20 minutes into the podcast and the recording stopped. Um, we had some great banter you guys missed. We're going to try to recreate that magic. We're talking yeah. about Bill Murray. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. We're going to be like acting. It's going to be robotic. Like, hey, Sean, say say there, Sean. Did you ever think about that Bill Murray character? Yes, Bill Murray, the famous American actor. Yes. Um, I believe that he plays a jerk in all of his movies. <laughs> uh, what about Steve Zizou? Yep. Can't watch that in a regular theater. Nope. Had to, got to go to the Angelica. Maybe 20 years ago. Oh. Uh, anyway, then we were talking. That was about, some of the great banter that you guys missed. Um, then we talk about. Then we talk about Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson is like twelve years old in this movie. Yeah, young actress. Young um, actress didn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. I think she showed potential. Well, she uh, she must have, or she knows somebody because uh, she got a lot better later in her career. I will say that yeah. I was not impressed with her acting skills in this movie, but. Um, like we said, she probably got the direction. Hey, be mean to your little brother, Alex. Yes, she was. And she was. She was sufficiently mean to him. And then there was the punk rock or I don't know, not punk rock. Just like the buzz stand in older brother, the buzz stand in older brother. So this movie is not home alone. Um, this movie takes place in Chicago. Yeah, like uh, all uh, like all John Hughes movies in a nice home. In wintertime, yeah, but it is no way related to the events of the yeah. first two. There are no McAllisters in this movie. Um, these are not even their cousins. These no. are just people who live in Chicago. This is just people who live in a nice neighborhood in Chicago. Not as, not as nice of a neighborhood as the first it's one. It's not. It's not. I mean, this this guy makes good money, but he doesn't make take your entire family to Paris for Christmas money. Right. That That he... They're still answering to their bosses. Both of the parents have a lot of boss drama. Involved. Oh my gosh, there's so much. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the mom is doing in this movie. The mom's boss sounds just mean. She, it sounds like she needs to find a new job. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. But um, also uh, continuing the tradition of bad mom characters. <laughs> At least th- this mom was a competent actress. She was. There, everybody in this movie was a competent actor and actress, um, and it was a professionally done movie. It was probably straight to DVD, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought it had. I doubt cinematic. it got released. I it had cinematic potential, but I don't remember it coming out in theaters. And I remember 1997 so clearly in my head. All everything that happened. I don't remember Just kidding. this movie at all. I don't remember it at all. I didn't know it existed until I got Disney Plus. And I would have been 10. That's pretty much the target demographic. I was 17, so I probably didn't care. Yeah. 
But anyway, the movie was dumb. Movie was. <laughs> I think you meant to say dope. Dope. Well, let's uh, let's take a moment just to say it's not a Christmas movie. No, um, Sean. Do you want to do you want to tell the story of what we were gonna watch so we were and gonna, how we landed on Home Alone three? We, we were gonna watch the two thousand and seven hit movie, The Nutcracker: The Untold Story, aka The Nutcracker in three D. The Nutcracker in three D. It has two thes in the title, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, it stars Nathan Lane as. Uh, what's what's the name of the real Nutcracker? Um, Uncle Voss or something like that? Drosselmeyer. Drosselmeyer. He's not Drosselmeyer. He's not Drosselmeyer. He's Albert Einstein. Yeah, you know that in classic Nazi Germany. That classic Nutcracker character, Albert Einstein. Yeah. And um, it takes place in Nazi Germany. And John Turturro? Uh, John Turturro is the rat king. I wanted to see that. Who's like a humanoid with, is like a human with a rat face and so, an emo white haircut yeah like an anthropomorphized rat that was really into my chemical romance and it looked really bonkers but zero percent on rotten tomatoes worst rated uh christmas movie of all time i was really really looking forward to watching it but we could not find it streaming or to buy or look at anywhere on youtube with ads in hindi we don't speak hindi unfortunately no and there were no subtitles if there were subtitles, I I might have tried it. Well, you watch movies with subtitles. Did you watch this movie with subtitles? Uh, yeah, I I have subtitles on my TV at all times. All right. Um, I think that it's going to teach my daughters how to read, but uh, it's really because <laughs> if I turn the subtitles off, I can't hear the movie anymore. Oh man. Uh, and I always watch these movies late, late, late at night after everyone's asleep. So I have to turn it to one volume. Yeah. Um, and I can't hear most of the dialogue. So can, can I tell you a little story about my kids learning to read? Yeah. So my son's doing a pretty good job of reading. We were at a restaurant last night. Oh, man, it was a fun time. But he uh, he he instead of just like reading out loud to him what the kids menus were. The waitress had handed him a menu, and he just started reading, like, the adult entrees. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, whoa, what's all this? Oh, wow. I want one of these. <laughs> you mean I don't have to get a grilled cheese? <laughs> um, yeah, and then the restaurant just – it was just a random little barbecue restaurant in our neighborhood. And it had a karaoke on Tuesday nights. Ooh. I didn't realize that. And my daughter was so excited. She's like, yes, I'm doing karaoke. I'm singing Party in the USA. Let's yes. go. She was so pumped for that. And she ran up there and put her name on the list. And, man, she just sang it. And all the waitresses came and Aww. were, like, clapping along with her and stuff. It was that's really, it was that's really so fun. And now we have to go there every Tuesday. What's uh, What's the restaurant? It's called Sammy Lou's Barbecue. Sammy Lou's shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Um, and it's in Rowlett, Texas. It's in Rowlett. Okay. Rowlett, Texas. Just a stone's throw from Dallas proper. If you're really good at throwing stones. Yeah, I mean it would you know, if you're like a giant. Yeah. Um if you can throw a stone the distance of Garland. <laughs> yeah, which you might have to Throw it a couple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that, that happened last night. My son can read now. Anyway, let's for let's, let's, Yeah. Let's, so let's, we're, let's talk about, we were going to watch Nutcracker 3D, but uh, couldn't find it. 
So we settled on Home Alone 3, which I, we thought was a Christmas movie because it's Home Alone. Neither one of us have seen it. I searched Christmas and Disney Plus told me this was Christmas. And it takes place apparently in the week between Christmas and New Year's. There are Christmas trees, dead Christmas trees on the on the street. Yeah, that's the only Christmas we get. That's it. The rest of it's just, it's a winter movie. It's a wintertime movie. Yeah. Uh, which was a little disappointing because this is our last pod before Christmas. Just make it Christmas time. Yeah. It kind, why, of, it kind of revolved around a present anyway. Yeah. Why would, yeah. Why wouldn't just, he get that thing for as a present and not, I mean, the way that he got it was just, anywho. Uh, this movie was written by John Hughes, which I thought was weird until I looked at John Hughes writing uh, credits on IMDb, and he has a lot of stinkers on there. He's got a lot of money makers. He's though. got a lot of great movies. He uh, made money off those stinkers. But he uh, he has worked a lot in his career. <laughs> he wrote uh, all five Beethovens. He wrote uh, Flubber. He wrote Flubber? Well, he wrote the remake, I guess, with Robin Williams. Uh, um, that was not a good movie. No, he's written, but he also wrote Uncle Buck and The Breakfast Club and uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was his heyday. Um, but he wrote the first two Home Alones also, um, or at least the first one. I don't know if he wrote the second one. You know, speaking of... Uh, I think Donald Trump wrote the second one. Yeah. <laughs> John Hughes and Donald Trump are they're they're good buddies. Tight. They're pretty tight. John Hughes bought 45 of those recent Trump NFTs. Yeah. Um uh, that's not true. Hashtag disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have it on good authority that he bought 45 of them. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The other day I was singing in the shower and I was like, wait, let me check something real quick. And then when I got out of the shower, I had to check. I had to, I had to do a little fact check here. Um, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When he's in the parade singing "Trigger the Baby" now, "Trigger yeah. the Baby," yeah, yeah, that's that's actually uh, not Matthew Broderick singing. Oh, I'm sure it's not. It's actually the Beatles. Yeah, is it? They yeah. just play the they just play they just the song. Play the original Beatles. Matthew Broderick can sing. He's just lip syncing. He sings in the Lion King. I doubt. Really, that's actually he's, him. I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. They, they they do that where they... It's probably not him because it's not JTT's voice as a child. Someone yeah. who can sing much, much better than JTT. But anyway, I always just assume Matthew Broderick was an excellent singer. <laughs> wow, he sounds just like Paul McCartney. It's one of those things, if I put it together, I probably would have like... If somebody had asked me to think about it logically, I just never had yeah. it. Just my childhood assumption stuck with me. I thought I you were that movie. Blood I thought you were. Gonna, I thought you were going to say when you were singing in the shower, you had to check and make sure that uh, one of your kids wasn't recording you with an audio device. Oh, well, like a talk boy from the first, like in Home Alone Two. Yeah, that Man, huge plot device. That's one thing about this Home Alone Three that it does have in common with Home Alone One. Is it makes toys look way cooler than they are, and uh, it makes the child's manipulation and operation of the toy. Um, I mean, we'll get into it, but this kid is a professional RC driver. Nobody's ever been able to operate an RC car as well as he has. With, I mean, seemingly no practice. I mean, he just got the thing. Uh, anyway, we'll get there. But surprise, surprise of all surprises, Home Alone 3, you start the movie up. 
Um, and then there's a uh, cityscape and the title card, Hong Kong. Yes. We start the movie in Hong Kong. Um, and we see some gang, some gangster looking guys, like kind well, of a, first you get the establishing shot of the camera panning through a warehouse where you see a forklift moving with open crates of missiles. Yes. Oh, as they, as happens all the time yeah. in, uh, in movies in the nineties, at least. Um, but yes. Uh, so you see, uh, they're like some higher up gangster boss looking guys. Yeah, like the suit wearing guys. Yeah, the suit wearing gangsters, not the thug gangsters, but like the mobsters. Like mobster, like, but high up mobsters, not the street Organized level guys. crime. Not street level guys. They, uh, they're talking to this, uh, this other guy and they say, our client wants this chip that is produced by the United States Air Force. And if attached, if this chip is attached to a missile, it cannot be detected on radar. Now, I don't think that that is true. Um, at this point, I stopped the movie and made sure that I was watching Home Alone 3. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had started the wrong movie, but, um, but it's Home Alone 3. Um, and then that's, that's the end of that scene, basically, is they show the, the blueprints of the chip, which... I don't, it's just a picture of a microchip. It's not a, not any kind of like. And they're like my client for privacy. Yes, uh, my client really wants this. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then really quickly you go to uh, California, and it's the same guy. And I had to rewind this again to like because uh, it was a very confusing cut edit. It's the same guy that was in Hong Kong, but now he's in California, and he's buying the chip from. This guy who works for the chip factory. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he buys it from him. They give him a suitcase of money. And then um, it's four. So there's a crew of four people who have the chip now. They put it in a RC truck uh, to smuggle it out of the U.S. To get it yes. on a plane and smuggle it out of the U.S. Um, this is pre-9-11. So... Security's not as tight, but you still have to go through a metal detector. Now, I'd just like to point out that the guy that they sold it to was some chip factory uh, U.S. Air Force guy, some kind of just putty-looking middle-aged dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he needs to be tried for treason. He, he yeah, does we need not to f- get addressed later in the movie. We need to find he this man. He's a traitor. But we, yeah, we don't, we don't. He's selling U.S. intelligence secrets. We don't see him again. I assume that he fled to another country after that. Um, or he just went and had New Year's somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. He's got a suitcase full of cash. But there is video evidence in Home Alone 3 of this guy committing treason. So, uh, FBI needs to get after that guy. Um, so they put the RC truck in this bag that says Parisian on it, um, which, which apparently is the most popular store yeah, in the world. The most popular store in San Francisco where they are, um, because everybody in the airport has a bag that says Parisian on it's it. It's like a plastic shopping bag. And apparently, I think you find out later that it's a bread shop. Like a, yes. <laughs> and and yes. apparently everybody wants this bread to take the back old home. Lady bought sourdough. I, I didn't do any research to see if it was a real place or if it was just made up, but I assume it was made up because it sounds ridiculous. But um, everybody has this Parisian bag. So they put it through. They, they have to go through a metal detector. 
this other lady, this old lady picks up their Parisian bag because she thinks it's her own because everybody has one. Um, so she now has the old lady now has the RC car with the chip that makes missiles undetectable. Um, the plot, I mean, the, the stakes in this movie are quite a bit higher than in Hope Alone 1. Yes. <laughs> We're talking like uh, international terrorism, Treasonous. missile, treason. Whoever owns this chip could control the region. What region? We later find out. We later find out that it's going to North Korea. Yes, North Korea. So it's pretty. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. North Korean terrorists want this chip. Um, well, just the state of North Korea. <laughs> yeah. So they start looking around. They're like, "Oh, we got the wrong Parisian bag. This has bread in it." <laughs> uh, so they start looking around the airport. There are Parisian bags everywhere. Um, and then somehow they look at a monitor and see that a plane is leaving for Chicago. And they're like, we're going like, to Chicago. It's the only plane leaving San Francisco at that time. Yes. Um, and they say it must be on that plane to Chicago. I don't know how they jump to that conclusion. And on the board of on the TV monitor of all the places that the places are that the planes are going. Right below Chicago is DFW. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Hometown. Oh, man. No criminal activity here. So there, it is not addressed how they get on the plane to Chicago. Um, how, you know, they just get on the plane and they're going to Chicago. Yes. Um, and then they're in Chicago before you know it. There is no I, shot of them taking off or landing. Um, there is just a shot of the old lady leaving an airport. I thought they were still in San Francisco and she was just leaving the airport, but they're in Chicago now. And uh, they don't, they're looking for this bag Mm -hmm. and there's four of them and they're super criminals and they don't find the bag on the plane. No, they find it as the lady's leaving the plane, as they're in the little tube terminal thing that connects the airplane to the airport that's when they see the old lady holding the bag. Yeah, they don't even see the bag until they get off the plane. So they're yeah. they're putting all their eggs in this Chicago basket, right? Um, without any evidence at all. But um, I guess that that's something that we're we need to get past. Yes, <laughs> suspension of disbelief. It's something we practice here. You have at to Saturday morning dads. You got to do a lot of that in this movie. Yes. There's a lot of suspension of disbelief. Um, suspension of belief, suspension of disbelief, suspension of disbelief. Yes. If you suspend you're right. your belief, then you are then, disbelieving. Then you're disbelieving. Yeah. I did some of that too. Um, so the old lady, let's see. She gets in a taxi. She gets in a taxi. The guy takes a picture with his glove cam. Glove camera <laughs> and automatically sends it to his color palm pilot. His palm pilot, which is just a still image. It's it's a still image with the picture like laid over it. Uh, so the it's just a, like a freeze frame of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, so they go, they track down this this taxi and... They just asked the guy, like, hey, you picked up an old lady. Where'd you drop her off? He remembers exactly. And they go to that neighborhood. Um, and then there's 14 houses on that street. And they decide they're going to break into them all during the day because nobody's home during the day. Um, so that's kind of how they get. That's how they arrive to kind of the place where Home Alone starts with the 
the robbers on a street gonna break into all the houses because everyone's gone um and here I have a note that this is somehow written. And so far, this has been a pretty good action spy movie. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's engaging. Um, there's been some things that don't make, don't make sense, but um, it's engaging. I mean, if you like crime thrillers, this this movie's good for you. Yeah. So that's when we meet the kid. Seems like a, a Gerard Butler's going to bust down a door pretty soon. Yeah, the lead guy kind of looked a little bit like Gerard Butler, but not what? at all. Not at all. What are you talking about? I meant Alex. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's when we meet uh, Alex. He's shoveling snow off the old lady uh, who took the Parisian bag, shoveling her driveway. Um, and there's a dispute about payment and timing of when he was supposed to do it. So she doesn't pay him. She gives him this RC car that she got that she took by mistake. Um, she didn't try to return it <laughs> to anybody or anything. She just gives it to this kid. Um, so that's how he ends up with the RC car with the the world dominating chip in it. Um, region dominating. Region dominant, not world domination. The chip's not that good. Dominating. You can dominate the region, but you're not you're not dominating the world with this chip. Yeah, this is just for. Intercontinental blue. This is the X10. You need the X20 to dominate the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So then we meet the family. Um, the two older siblings are mean to the little kid. You don't really. They're real Gen X-y. Yeah. You don't really learn a whole lot about the family. Um, the dad works. The mom works. It's the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you do learn that Alex has the chicken pox. Yes, he has the chicken pox. So he's got to stay home. Got to stay home. And the mom has to work, so he's home alone. alone. Three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but when the when the mom's boss calls her in, there it's it's unclear what she does for a living. Something to do with finances. There's a client, and there's a client who wants to see the papers. So she has to go into work uh, to get. She's got to show her face because she's in charge of the account. Yeah, and she's got to get the papers. She wears a very smart pantsuit. Yeah, she's only going to be gone for one hour. I like the part. Is it this part, or is it the second time she has a prolonged conversation with her boss on the phone, Mm -hmm. or is it the third time she has a prolonged conversation with her boss on the phone? The mom. The mom. The mom's story is that she keeps repeating the same actions over and over in the movie. Has a conversation with her boss, has to go to work, leave the kid home alone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that happens a, at least three or four times. I like the part where she's like very frustrated and like she's just acting her pants off and she's like, I'll have you know, you're making me choose between making a house payment and make it, and raising my kids and I don't appreciate it. And she like hangs, hangs up, up and throws the phone on the couch and immediately and gets ready for, crying. Immediately gets ready for work and yeah. goes. I was like, wow, this movie's like really touching on the middle class struggle. Yeah, yeah. For these, this family that lives in a super nice giant house. Super nice house. They could downsize. Four story house. Um, well, it has a do basements and attics count as stories when they're no? Well, if the no, they don't. Well, the basement could. This this house has a dumb waiter. Yeah, that's that's how you know dumb waiter. It's a big house is if you have a dumb waiter or an elevator. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty cool. 
And apparently the washer and dryer are in the basement, mm-hmm. but the dad was ironing his clothes in the attic at one point. Yeah, that's a long way to carry your, <laughs> carry your laundry. I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> he just likes to iron his clothes in the attic. So anyway, Alex is shoveling some snow. Then he goes home. And he's like, I got a remote control car and also chicken pox. Also chicken pox. Uh, mom's gonna, mom has to go into work. So he's home alone. Um, I don't know where everybody else is, but they got like other stuff to do. Well, the dad's on a business Dad trip. Dad has to go on a business trip. So he's like basically out for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then the, after he irons his pants, the brother and sister have school. They have school and they have after school activities. So the kid's home alone. By himself all day. And he is eight. He's eight. He's too young to be at home alone. Now, my my sweet, precious baby angel, Maddie, is eight. I love her with all my heart. But I, I would not leave her home alone. No. Not when she's sick. Now, she, she could absolutely do it. Nothing would go wrong if I left her home. But I still wouldn't do it. But, I mean, he's not just home alone like playing. He's home alone sick. What's the With the chicken pox, but he has a fever. They're like taking his temperature. Yeah, but you're not like really sick when you have the chicken pox. But nobody's like doctoring his. I mean, he doesn't have calamine lotion on. He's. Yeah. They just tell him, don't scratch it. And he never does. Yes. Yeah. Really good kid. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. And his chicken pox never really come back into play. Well, no, they come back into play at the very end. At the very, very end. Yeah, uh, I. Anyway, he's a cute kid. A cute kid. He's a good actor. Um, he's, as far as eight year olds go, he's a good stand-in, good like second unit for Macaulay Culkin. Like, I do not think so. Well, this I movie, mean, he's not he's not near as good as Macaulay, but he's cute and he's like funny. This movie really made me appreciate Macaulay Culkin, and just be like, do you think his friends just call him Macaulay? I bet they call him Big Mac. Big Mac. I don't if you, know. If he just like comes over to your house, you're like, hey, Macaulay, welcome. Grab a Coke. I got pizza in the fridge. You can microwave it if you want. Yeah. Let's watch a... Macaulay. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me call Macaulay real quick. See if he needs a ride. I got to call Macaulay. Call Macaulay. I'm going to call Mick. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, th- he was really charming. He was good. He was magic. He was a magic oh. little kid. Oh, Macaulay, there was nobody like... I mean, he was a huge phenomenon. Just this this little kid was probably the second best. He was a... I mean, a he, he was... Second. Yeah, it's a... It's a... It's, it's a, a huge delta. Yeah, it's a big gap. But he is a competent and funny and cute child actor. He said big words real cute, like... Yeah. It was cute when he said big words. Um, So he's got a telescope. Um, He's got, like... Lots of toys, lots of things to uh, build traps with. <laughs> yeah. um, he's got, but he's got a telescope that he spies on everybody with. Um, so he's looking in houses. Um, and he's he's also of, he's also got a remote control with a scope with a scope on it that somehow, if you look through the scope, it makes the remote control travel great distances and different frequencies from your own television and turns on and off TVs and other people's houses. Gotta suspend that disbelief. You gotta suspend it real good here. Um it's not how universal remotes work. No, it's not. It's not. Um but anyway, he's he's looking through the telescope and he sees this gang of people 
who are trying to blend in to this neighborhood. Um, but if you're in a neighborhood, you know everybody. So he doesn't know these people. He looks in a window. He sees a guy that is doesn't belong in a house. So he calls the cops like like you should. The cops come in harder than any cops have ever come in for any crime. That was one heck of a response. Quick response time. I think Chicago's got some other problems to deal with. They come in at least five cop cars, sirens blaring, screeching tires. They come in stunt driver style, screeching. They all jump out, guns drawn. Kick the door down. Kick the door down. They don't say anything. Um, they kick the door in. Um, ready to murder. Ready, ready just to, to fire on whoever's in inside, which is... Unfortunately, not that far from the truth. Something that happened here in our our metroplex not too long ago. Um, but these cops, I mean, they they uh, you would you would know that they were there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the guy's long gone. Uh, long he gone. he went out of the house, so they don't find anything. And he he, said, he used an advanced piece of technology, I guess, as Palm Pilot. Uh, hooked up to the alarm panel to disable the yeah, alarm, but then re-enable it and then after he left. It. So, so like, oh, this kid just lied. So they break the, they break the door in of these these poor people's house, um, and they don't find anything. And then they are like lecturing this kid. No, no, they was the cop who has been in a ton of stuff. The cop's name is. The janitor from Scrubs? Yes. What's his name? The janitor from Scrubs. That's his name. I want to say Nathan Fillion, but I know it's that's not, not Nathan It's Fillion. the guy that looks a lot it's, like Nathan Fillion. Nathan. His, I think his first name is Nathan. Hang on. Um, oh, we can't me, be looking up stuff on air. Why not? Oh, it's going to cause dead air. Or no, it's not. In silence. Not if you... Uh, his, his, I looked it up in the credits last night, so I could say it today. His, his role is cop number one. And he's been in so much stuff. Yeah. His name is scrubs. Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn. Nathan Fillion, Neil Flynn. Come on, that's close. N.F. Yeah. Um, L's in there, too. So, but yeah, you would recognize, I recognize him immediately. Didn't know his name. From that guy who's been in a bunch of the stuff. The guy who's been in a bunch of stuff. But namely, the janitor from Scrubs. Yeah. And I couldn't even place that, but that's where I know him from the most. Yeah. Scrubs uh, is such a good show. It really is. Let's start a Scrubs fan cast. I haven't seen it all the way through. I haven't either. Well, if we start enough podcasts, eventually one of them will be fam- make us famous. It's this one. Okay. Um. So uh, they they lecture him hard, and then his mom yells at him. His mom straight up yells at him. Yeah. Because they think he's lying, and nobody believes this kid. And, this is where I get my bad mom uh, take. But I mean, the alarm was set. The alarm was set, but you don't assume that your kid was lying. Well, maybe he made a mistake. He's, he's the kind of kid that's got a big imagination. Yeah, maybe he made a mistake. But you left him home alone. He's scared. He talked to you before you left about what if burglars come. And he called the cops because he thought he saw some burglars. He even says, it's the suburbs. Nobody's home during the day. Even I figured that out. Truly a grown-up could figure that out. Yeah, which was great because in the scene before that, the main bad guy said, "It's the suburbs. Nobody's yeah. home during the Nobody's day. Nobody's home." Um, so, uh, they, oh, and also the mom was mad because she has to pay for a door 
I'm pretty sure that's not the way it works. Yeah, the cops, the city's got to pay for that door. The cops or, made it just home insurance. I would. Think. Cops made a big mistake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not protocol for you to just uh, break kick, in a, kick door. in a door with no, you know. I had a kick at least in a knock door on once. it first and see if somebody's home. I had a kick in a door once. Did you? Yes. For I'm burglary? Own, my own house. For burglary purposes? No, because it's when my children were very young. Uh-huh. And um, I forget the whole circumstance. But anyway, I was locked out of my house and my children were in the house. Oh, that's scary. And I was like... Did they lock you out? We have an electronic lock and the batteries were dead. And I was like, well, all right. And then I had to rebuild the door frame. It's never been the same. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty impressive that you got it busted it in though. Well, you know, I'm real strong and tough. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying <laughs> powerful thighs. So after this scene, we cut to San Francisco again in another really disorienting, uh, sequence, uh, FBI meeting in San Francisco. They're looking for this crew. Um, and that's about, that's about the end of that scene. <laughs> yeah. The FBI tracking them. They're like, we got to find these guys. We have no leads. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Back to Chicago. Um, so the next day, um, they had this incident where, you know, they had an incident the day before where the kid um, calls the cops. He's real shaken. So the next day, they leave him home alone again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As good parents do. Um and the exact same thing happens. Exact same thing. It's like you were watching the same. Uh, it's almost like the writers got lazy. We're like, let's just do the same thing again. Well, by the writers, you mean John Hughes? Yeah, John Hughes. Like, mm, I don't know what Copy happens now. Paste. Copy paste. Last scene. Control C. Control so uh, yeah, he's looking through his telescope. He sees the burglar in another house. Calls the cops. They come in again in the same fashion. Yep. They got a call from the same kid who called him yesterday with a false alarm. They come in, guns blazing, kick another door down. Um, again, they don't find anybody. But this time, the guy is still in the house. He's just um, clinging to the ceiling like a bat. Like a cartoon. <laughs> like a Spider-Man. In the rafters of the basement. Man, these houses have nice basements. They do. Fully built out. Yeah. I think Chicago probably has a lot of basements. Um, Why don't we get basements? Our dirt probably. Yeah, it's uh, the soil here is not conducive to a basement. Okay. So I have a pure and beam house. I can get under my house. It's gross. So can uh, all kinds of animals. Yep. Uh, many a many a family of raccoons has made their home under oh, my house. Oh, that's sweet. No, raccoons are not cuddly and sweet. They're, they're, they're wild cute. animals and they're uh, they look vicious. Like bandits. They do look like little bandits. They got thumbs. Remember the remember the Great Outdoors the movie John nope. Hughes. Nope. There was a there was a whole side plot of raccoons and they uh, they had subtitles of what they were saying. That sounds cute. That was cute. Um, also, John Candy. Um. Yeah, I just had a note that the police response. In Chicago for incidents or like this, this. Suburb of Chicago, or I guess it's a suburb of Chicago, um, is enormous and insane. Um, so <laughs> then the next scene, the chief of police is in their house talking to Alex. Mm -hmm. um, 
I thought it was the chief of police of Chicago, <laughs> the city of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been awesome. But uh, apparently it's just a suburb. Um, But still, the chief of police coming to talk to you about your kid phoning in to um, what they think are uh, prank calls, but they are really actual real calls because these things are actually happening. But the kid's got more evidence this time because the dog was stolen. Yeah, the dog was stolen. He knows that this dog that this lady's walking around the neighborhood is his friend's dog. Yeah. And apparently the nobody else is seeing this because everybody else is at work. Um, so Alex decides he's going to have to take matters into his own hands because none of these people are will believe him. Yep. Uh, which is a really uh, sad <laughs> that he has to become a vigilante at the age of eight. It's uh, a hard kid and fight crime by himself because none of the parent, none of the adults will believe him. Um, and he's scared because he's left at home all the time by himself. Man. And he That's knows enough. he knows that these guys are going to break into his house eventually. He somehow figures out that they want the chip. That's, he finds yeah, the he extra fi- chip in his RC car. Yeah. But before that happens, he decides to strap a camcorder to his RC car. That's how he figures it out. And so that it acts as sort of a... Uh, like a dash cam that he hooks up to a TV in his attic. Um, it's all wireless, of course. Uh, everything's wireless. It's somehow su- broadcasting a signal to this TV. Um, and he's an electrical uh, engineer it major. Like rigging up something, but I'm like, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Well, he's majoring in electrical engineering. It's an AB switcher in his uh, in his preschool right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in his elementary school. Um, he takes Lego engineering after school. Yeah. My so son takes Lego engineering after school. Yeah. Your son, your son could probably rig something up like this. No, they mostly just play with Legos. I don't think they're learning anything. Oh, engineering, like Minecraft and engineering. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, he, he uses the RC vehicle, uh, to great effect, um, and great range. On this RC car. Um, he takes it into one of the houses in the neighborhood where the guy's breaking in. Gets video evidence of him uh, on the tape because it's a camcorder. So there's a tape there's in there. Tape. There's there's no cloud. Now, somehow the signal is being broadcast to the TV, but he wasn't smart enough to hook a VCR yeah. up. Should have been that. recording that TV. Yeah. Um, but it, the kid is obviously a dummy because yep. he didn't think of that. Um, let's see. So he, uh, he drives the car into the house. The guy sees it, um, and grab, he's, he, you know, there's a little chase scene, but he, he eventually ends up with the RC car in his hands. Yes. And he gets the tape out of the camcorder. Gets the tape out of the camcorder. Evidence gone. Evidence but he gone. hands the, uh, but he still chases after the RC car. He still well, he wants knows, the RC car. Yeah, because he knows that the chip is in it. I know, but that's how Alex figures out that they want the RC car. Yeah. Alex is smart. Yeah. I know. I just five seconds ago said he was a dummy. I was kidding. He's really smart. You were being facetious. I was being facetious. Um, but the, so the guy hands the RC car to the lady in the, in the gang. And uh, Alex revs up the RC engine and it like spins out of her hands. And then... This, are, are, this is a great RC it, car. It like ramps 
off of her torso. It ramps off of her torso, and then it, he it breaks through a wooden fence. That was amazing. Yeah, this is a this, this is this the, RC car has godlike speed, godlike power, godlike range. Range. I mean, this is like godlike battery life. Yes, godlike steering controls. It's the best RC car. They, I mean, when they bought this RC car to put the chip in, they spared no expense. No, this was this was an this is better better than a real car. Uh, you know what? I would say it's better than a Honda Civic, but not quite as nice as a Honda Accord. Or do you think the powers of the uh, the chip are giving the RC car extra powers? It's definitely not traceable by radar. Yeah. I mean, if you looked on radar and tried to find that how RC could, car... How, that's just not how radar works. That it, There's no way a chip would spoil radar. Well, Sean, you gotta you just go with it. Suspension of disbelief. Um, that's the name of this episode. It was going to be Home Alone 3. Now it's Home Alone 3 colon suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And throughout this whole sequence, Alex never makes a wrong move with the car. He is a genius driver. He should be an F1 after this. Yeah. Um, and all he has to, all, all he's looking at is the monitor or the TV screen in his attic. So that's how he's driving, which would actually be a lot easier to do that, drive that way than just looking at the car, I guess. I have like an, it would be like, it would be like, view. yeah, it'd be like playing a video game. It'd be like playing Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, so this is where uh, my notes get pretty thin because this is the point where it turns into a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so they decide they figure well, out that well, Alex has they Alex figure Alex has the chip. Alex, Alex has the chip. They want the chip. Alex calls the FBI. Calls the he calls the FBI. It, he calls the recruiting. The, the Air, Air Force, Force recruiting. Recru- calls the Air Force recruiting. Which office. I thought was a. Nice little touch because he wouldn't know who to call. So he, he's pretty cute. He knows like, oh, this is Air Force. I know this place down the street that says Air Force on it. So I'm going to call them. Yeah. And he gives them the the, the 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 model number off the chip. Yeah. And I guess the guy does pass it along. Yeah. Luckily, the guy then, believes him. and Yeah. And then the FBI is like some kid in Chicago has the chip. And so the, they're like, we're going to Chicago, boys. <laughs> um, that's exactly what he says. Yep. Um, and then, uh, they, they start going to Chicago and then Alex sets up, uh, a giant array of traps. I mean, if you've seen Home Alone 1, he sets a few traps. He sets like maybe six traps in Home Alone 1. And he also sets a several deterrents. But they're like simple, like yeah. micro machines on the floor. Alex sets up like 45 traps. 45 traps. Totally uh, re, remodel, remodels the house uh, in one morning. To, several of his traps are deadly. Now, I know there's some deadly traps in the first Home Alone. Getting hit with the... There's one in here that you would not, you would definitely not survive. Yeah. Um, but he sets so many traps. And they're like construction projects. They're altering the house. They are working with machinery that he has no business working with. Um, they're much more elaborate than Kevin McAllister's traps. Um, I guess the traps in Home Alone Part 2 get a little more elaborate, but they're still like paint buckets and like, you know, just junk that's around the house. 
Yeah. This one he's like building full on. And also this house is under construction. The mom mentioned several times that they're remodeling the house. And like, I can't picture the layout of the house where there's remodeling happening. But somehow in this scene, it's introduced that there's like some plywood loosely covering some two by fours that see, I assume that the attic all the way to the yeah right like what are they doing there is this part of the house like is that where they're putting the elevator I don't know yeah you have a hole like through your entire house I'm pretty sure we've already established the architecture of this house and now we're just adding on this yeah like the house the house from the first part of the movie does not match up with the trap house because the trap euclidean house the trap house is much much larger on the inside it's like uh the uh what's doctor who's it's like the tardis i've never seen an episode of doctor who well you knew the tardis i've seen a lot of episodes and i did not know the name of it i mean i couldn't think of the name of it there's a there's a car i see Around my neighborhood that has license plate TARDIS. Is it a Ford TARDIS? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a. I think it's a Nissan Juke. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's blue. I don't. I don't think I could bring myself to buy a car named a Juke. A Juke. There's another Juke in this neighborhood just down the street that's a Juke that has the license plate Juke Box. No, well, that's that's better. Yeah. Um, and they have huge subwoofers and they just, no, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, the trap, the trap scene, do we need to recap the trap scene like shot by shot? No. Can we just say there's a big trap scene. There's a, that's, I mean, and I didn't take 45 minutes long. I didn't take any notes on it. I mean, that's like what you're, that's the payoff of the whole well, movie. Let me ask like you will... some questions about the trap scene. How about that? Okay. What was your favorite trap? Oh, man, I can't even think of any other than the one that I took a note on. Um, let's see. I mean, there's a lot of getting hit in the nuts and I don't know. I can't even think of it. I I mean, he, uh, there's one where he got covered in poop, which was gross. (laughs) That one was disgusting. Uh, He just sits there. He he sits there and takes it. Um, the one that I had a the biggest, well, not the biggest problem. I had a real problem with the guy who gets sprayed with the the sprinkler, and he yeah. just sits there and like keeps getting sprayed with the sprinkler. He like, tries all to he, cover the sprinkler haphazardly. Yeah, instead of just, all, instead of just like moving, just move. Yeah. Like the sprinkler is not moving. Yeah. Um, for yeah. international criminals, these guys turn really stupid really fast. Yeah. Like up until this point, they're pretty sophisticated. Well, you got They have all kinds of equipment and like, or have plans. But now that they're coming up against this kid, they turn into total dummies. You got to be pretty stupid to do crime, though. Yeah. Well, they're getting paid really well by these North Korean terrorists groups. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite trap was definitely, and I, I'm saying this in earnest, he did, uh, Alex somehow. Moved his trampoline. Yes, this, it didn't really make sense. He moved his trampoline over the over the pool. Mm-hmm. Small, a really small pool, apparently. And then, well, I think it was a big pool, but the trampoline just covered part of it. And then he made it look like on the other side that there was a pool. There, he like moved the diving board. He unscrewed the diving board, moved it to the other side. And dug around it so it looked like there was a covered pool on the right side and the trampoline on the left side. When really there was a pool on the left side and the trampoline was like 
gingerly balancing on the ice. And so the bad guys jump off the roof onto the trampoline because they think Alex did that. And they go through the trampoline because mm-hmm. I guess he replaced it with... I think it was just frozen. Like the trampoline was just frozen and brittle, maybe. I, I don't know. But they, they just go through the trampoline, through the ice, into a half-full pool, which I'm pretty sure would like break their ankles. It would break a lot of things, and they, and they stay in the frozen pool for like until the cops until come. yeah for like an hour apparently yeah. And uh, I also really liked the um, well that was it that was my only favorite well there trap. was uh, <laughs> one like... the one trap that I made a note of was the running somehow he got a running lawnmower spinning blades to fall on this guy's face. Yes, it didn't kill him, but it gave him a haircut. It gave him a haircut, but um. When that happened, I was like, "Oh, that guy's dead." Dead, like, yeah. I mean, a lot of these it things would old, kill you, it was but an old school lawnmower with the big twirly blades. Yeah, so you could see the blades. Um, but yeah, the twirling blades came right at his face, uh, and it, yeah, just like he he got up and he was a little bit dirty and he had like a weird haircut. Uh, so it turned into a cartoon. I mean, more so, I would say, than the first two. What did you think about the electric chair? He hooks up a car battery yeah. to a metal lawn. So that was kind of the first trap, right? Where yeah. they get they get electrocuted and it's like you're like, Oh, this is it's this kind of movie now where their hair just stands up and they you can see their skeleton and like Yeah. It I mean it's like a Acme Wiley Coyote cartoon. <laughs> which is fine. Without the nuance. Without <laughs> right, without the subtlety. <laughs> um so at that point, my I kind of just turned my brain off. Um, it was really late too, so I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna let this happen." And it, um, and basically just you know it was that for thirty forty five minutes, and then the cops come, uh, and then everyone believes Alex. Well, first the cops go to the school. They think it's his older brother that called in, right? Yeah, they think it's the older brother. And they they go to the school and the mom and the and Scarlett Johansson and the dummy looking brother. Yeah. He's kind of a perv. Um he has posters of naked women all over his bedroom. Oh yeah. So he's kind of a perv. Well, his parents let him have those. So Well, he's got the most obscene one on the back of his door, so his parents never see it. Oh. Yeah. Um one time I tried to buy a pervy poster when I was like 16. And my mom was like, nope, you got to get that out of the house. And I was like, okay. Yeah, like a good mom shit. It's like, fair enough. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really You didn't it. expect it to. Oh, can we talk about the parrot? Oh, we haven't talked about the parrot? Um, I didn't know the parrot existed until like three quarters of the way through the movie when it started <laughs> talking in complete conversation to uh, an answering machine, fooling the, the guy that was breaking into a house. Just saying like full on sentences and like, I mean, the smartest parrot of all time. And later on, the parrot is driving the RC car. <laughs> that is pretty cool. When the parrot drives the RC car. He's riding on it with the the remote control and just driving it. And the rat was on it. Oh, we haven't talked about Alex's rat either. Yeah. So not only is he a, an engineering genius, he's also like a pet training, pet training genius. Yep. Um. But all his his pets are extremely smart and help him um, in every step of the way. Uh, they're the only ones who will help him. And you gotta if if you want to bribe 
the parrot to do something. You offer it a cracker and it says double or nothing. Yeah. And then you got to give it two crackers. Got to give it two crackers or it doesn't want the first cracker some, for some reason. Yeah. Um, and that comes into play uh, when the guy, the main guy is not caught at the end. He gets away, but he's really hiding in an igloo. <laughs> he's hiding in an igloo. Um, in an igloo that is rigged with explosives by Alex, I guess. Um, yeah. Alex has access to a lot of stuff. He stole those from his older brother. Yeah. Um, just some M80s. Just it's And then really uh, uh, the last note I have is about the lawnmower killing the guy. Um, but yeah, so the parrot goes in, he lights the fuse because the guy doesn't have two crackers and explodes it. And that's how the FBI finds him. Yep. Um, end of movie. Really? I mean, I guess, I guess the parent, the mom and the siblings feel bad about not believing Alex or they're just glad he's okay. There's not really any much follow up. Um, but then his, what happens with his chicken pox at the end? Oh, all the bad, they're showing all the bad guys taking their mug shots and they all have chicken pox. Oh, <laughs> payoff. Yeah. Um, but I guess Alex becomes friends with the old lady yeah, in, Alex, in true Home Alone fashion. Alex becomes friends with the old lady. You have to become friends with the sad old person in the neighborhood. Yep, that's what happens. Or the homeless pigeon lady in the, in the park. Yep. Um, anyhow, that was the movie. <laughs> yep. That was the movie. A lot of like upfront exposition and complicated storyline. Then 45 minutes to get to, traps. to get to the booby trap part. Um, I guess they just thought like, Oh, we can't do a Christmas movie about a kid getting left by himself well, again. Why didn't they make it a Christmas movie? Why? why yeah. Why couldn't he take place the week after Christmas? Why couldn't like the dad somehow like pick up the, the RC car by accident and then wrap it up and give it to his kid on Christmas. There's another version of this movie um, that's significantly better where it's Christmas. Yeah. And and also, instead of it being like these high stakes North Korean weapon smugglers, it's just like two like low level crooks. Yeah. Just trying to make a name for themselves. That would be a good sequel. Yeah. We'll call it Home Alone 1-2. <laughs> Home Alone 3, the prequel. Yeah, just do the exact same story, just with different characters. Yeah, and also if we could just, I don't know. Or you take them to a different city, lost in Shreveport. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Yeah, it would be way scary. You're not making it back. Home Alone 3, you're lost they in... They don't have the infrastructure for a child. Lost in Cincinnati. Oh, I've never been to Cincinnati. I have. We're gonna go to New York soon. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going. I You're not gonna go. I don't think so. Oh. Nope. Um. But. Yeah, I think uh, you're staying at the Ritz. Like Kevin. Oh, I don't think that's right. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's not right. I know that. Uh, <laughs> um. So how would you how would you compare this to Home Alone one and two of Home, the of the trilogy? Home Alone one is a ten out of ten all time classic, all time holiday classic. Home Alone two doesn't recapture the magic, but it's, I think it's a I think it's a close. But it's close. It's good. 
great cameos. It's close. It's the first one, but it, it raises the stakes a little bit because he's in a city by himself. He's not just at home by himself. He's in a city. And there's that he's weird scene in a church. Like an abandoned church. Yeah. And uh, it has to work really hard to place the same crooks in a different city with the same kid. Man, is it Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci and Just, uh the and um Beardy. Frazier. <laughs> Frazier knockoff. Um not Frazier, well, what do you think of Kramer? Well, yeah, what's his name? Kramer from Science. What is that guy's name? It's not him, but he looks like it. Yeah. I can't um, think of his name right now, but But yeah, there I'm gonna say seven out of ten. Yeah. Still, still a great movie. Home Alone three, two out of ten. Ooh, two, that low. I gave it a two and a half. Okay, <laughs> you're so generous. Chris. Yeah, two and a half. Um, I love your forgiving nature. You're so much I will, suspending disbelief than I. I mean, I will say that the uh, international espionage uh, kept me entertained for. 15 minutes the first 15 minutes and i honestly felt like turning the movie off and just going and watching like a james bond movie oh like, yeah I, it's been a long time since i've seen mission impossible 2 i mean it was it was a real 90s like like the like the weird action international you know in the 90s they had all kinds of stuff like that and i think it was because of mission impossible but um this was a, not a good movie. No, it wasn't. Not a not a that's, not that's a good why movie. We we're talking about it on the podcast. Not a great movie. Um, but also, but we didn't know that it was not going to be good before we watched it. I'll say this to this movie's credit: I could see where a child would like it. Yes, to to a child who is in it for the goofs and the gaffs and the gags and the pranks and the. And the traps. Do you think that they were like trying to do like, okay, we're going to put in this spy plot for the parents so they'll like it. And then we'll put on all this goofy stuff to still make it a kid's movie. I don't know if anybody put that much thought into it. Because it's like the first half of the movie, the kids are going to be totally bored and not know what's going on. Till they see the kid, but that's like a good fifteen minutes into the movie before you see the kid. I think a kid would still like those parts. I mean, you think they would like a warehouse in Hong Kong? Nah, you're right. <laughs> they wouldn't. And a, the warehousing is pretty. Boring. And a you know a meeting on the docks of San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. So if they trim some of the international espionage out of it, and they got to the kid faster. You I, know, I think a child. I, I I think my my kids would have liked this movie. But they were asleep. I watched this very late at night. Yeah. I mean, I I started watching the first Home Alone with with my daughter, my four-year-old. Um, and she, it's, kind of, it's kind of scary. It was just like, but at the beginning, like all the kids are so rude and they're mean to each other. And I was like, ah, I don't want her watching this yet. Yeah. Um, this one, the kid's really nice. And his siblings aren't that mean. They're just Gen X-y. But like the first one, like his siblings are super mean to him. Yeah. Like really mean. Um, And his parents are kind of mean to him. And his uncle's super mean to him. Um, And he's mean to all them too. And in the end, like I get like that's the payoff is he learned his lesson and they learn their lesson that they all love each other. But and also the mom, what's her name? Um, The first one. Um, she's a great actress. She's yeah. awesome. O'Hara. 
Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. She's fantastic. She's every, so every funny. time I've seen her on stage or screen, I've been so impressed. She's so funny. Um, she was in Shit's Creek. Oh yeah, it was hilarious. I saw two episodes of it. Loved oh, it. It's very funny. She's Just, really, really funny in it. Um, and she's in like Best in Show and all those movies. And wasn't she in that sketch comedy group with? Well, never mind. I can't remember anybody else's name from that sketch comedy group. I'm sure she was in a sketch comedy group. Yeah. Um, all right. So do we want to do some awards for this movie? Man, uh, sure. <laughs> but first, we got our new segment. What's the, the what's the sequel? What's the sequel? Curtis, what are you going to do for the sequel? Um, I'm going to take it back to basics. So there's a girl this time. You can't keep doing a boy. Um, and she's about she's about eight years old. You got to keep it at about the eight year old mark. Um, and she her parents get kidnapped. That's why she's home alone. Whoa. Does she know they were kidnapped? Yes. Do the police believe her? No, nobody believes her. Oh, wow. That's a that's a prerequisite for these movies is none of the adults believing the kid. Um, all right. I'm, I'm writing this on the fly. So, um, her parents are kidnapped because of a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the, they, uh, they work for a pharmaceutical company. They're trying, they're trying to get, yeah, they're, they're, they work for a company that, um, is producing a, uh, a cure for a, for a disease. Mm -hmm. Cancer cancer and these crooks work for uh, a terrorist organization that controls uh, cancer cancer medication okay uh this goes deep it goes real deep um but the uh, the crooks believe that they're kidnapping these people to in order to extort the company the company ends up they don't care they're like you guys keep them um but uh, the parents have research at home on their home computer that the crooks figure that out and they have to break in to get the research. The little girl is at home alone. She sets 87 traps. Mm-hmm. There's a team of a strike force of terrorists. There's 15 of them. It's basically like John Wick, like the beginning of John Wick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, she defeats the she defeats the terrorist organization. Uh, the parents finally believe her. The police believe her, and um, the cancer is cured. That is awesome. That's some <laughs> high stakes. High stakes. You got to keep raising the stakes. High stakes. No, um, let me ask so you. So that, that's the, not the sequel to Home Alone Three. That's the that's the sequel to Home Alone Five. Okay, I haven't seen Home Alone Five. I haven't either. I uh, assume that it's. I can only assume it's better than any of the other home loans that come before it. Cause that's how it works, right? They get better and better sequels so far. No, <laughs> they're getting exponentially worse. Oh I've yeah. Only that's seen the first three. Yeah. The diminishing returns. That's the, that's the rule of, yeah. of sequels. Cause you can't, you keep having to make them more and more complicated when the first one well, is, you certainly was complicated. Uh-uh, no, it's simple. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the, what's your sequel? I'm going to call it home alone Four. Okay. Out of the house. Oh, 
<laughs> total reversal of the, of on the head. title. It's it's this Alex from this movie. Okay, it's this, it's a sequel to this. How old is he now? Eight and a half. So they make it one half of a year it, after it, the first one. It takes place around the Fourth of July. Um, and you're throwing the audience off big time. The FBI got robbed and that ship did make it to North Korea. Oh no. And the FBI agent from San Francisco who had been tracking the bad guy for seven years goes like desperate. He's like, I gotta get this chip back. It's in North Korea. There's only, I can't let anybody know. I can't use actual agents because I can't let anybody know that it got stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Who can I call on? Who's who's faced these people down before? There's only one man, and he's a boy. <laughs> His name is Alex. He was Alex. Alex what? McAllister. Alex McAllister Jr. And uh, yeah, so he gets Alex, and he ma- and he flies Alex to North Korea. Oh man, by himself because he's alone. By himself he has he's to be alone. alone. He's alone, and he's got like suitcases. He's got like those ballistic missile boxes mm-hmm. full of. Kids' toys and RC yes. cars. That's and his only uh, jacks and yeah. marbles. Man, and I love car this. batteries because somehow he got his hands on a car battery. Um, okay. And uh, I got car batteries laying around the house. And he now has to lay siege upon Kim Jong Un. Oh, the highest levels of government. Because it's Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Il is the one right now, right? Kim Jong Un was in the nineties. Un is now ill. Was in the nineties because the nineties were ill. The nineties were ill. That's the Beastie Boys. Sure with his face on this is nineties real. Nothing has ever made me laugh that hard. Um, yeah, so he has to now lay. He has to infiltrate Kim Jong Il's palace and get the chip back in North Korea. Wow. Yeah, I'd watch this movie. Does he make it? Yeah, of course he makes it. He gets the chip back. And um, do his do his parents ever know he's gone, or are they at work? No, his, just parents, at work. his parents are at work. <laughs> his parents are at work. And then, um, or or maybe the FBI says like he's going to a special training camp. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the lie is there. But then um, he he also while he's there steals priceless artifacts. Sells him on the black market and comes home a millionaire. Oh wow! So he Alex kind of breaks bad a little bit. Yep, kind of breaks bad a little bit. And then and then he uses that money to buy more toys for traps, RC cars, just stuff to annoy his sister, who is in the sequel is not played by Scarlett Johansson. They couldn't get her for the sequel, so it's um, I don't know who's another famous actress. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, uh, okay. I just went to the Marvel Universe again. There you go. Which is weird because I guess Elizabeth Olsen was also acting at that time. Was she also a child star? I don't remember her in anything. I'm sure. I, I mean, she's a great actress, so her, I don't... Her sisters were child stars. Great child stars. Some of the best. Right up there with Macaulay. I mean, I'll scream. You got it, dude. Classic lines from Full House. Yeah. Rude. How rude. Yeah, how rude. No, that was Stephanie. Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, it was on Full House. She was, you got it, dude. You got it, dude. Yeah, all right. Uh, Do you watch Fuller House? 
I watched the first episode where all the people came back, and then I realized on the second episode that um, it was only like Candace Cameron Berg, Berg, um, right? It wasn't all of them back. They weren't all back for I the think whole it was the series. Two older sisters and the goofy next door neighbor. Yeah, so I wasn't. It was in, the three of them. I wasn't interested in that. And the first one was, I was like, oh my gosh, it's really goofy. But yeah, uh, they brought back it. all the hits. I never, I never watched it. I was really excited for it, and then when it actually came out, I was like, I guess I'm not that excited. Really, <laughs> I, I can't bring myself can't to push a button. To... I'm really excited about the new John Wick movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, oh, the awards. Uh, who, what character would you wear on merch? This, um, this question works so much better for cartoons. Can you? Uh, is Alex on the list? Yeah, everybody's course. on the list. Everybody's on the list. Um, I'm gonna go with the parrot. Oh, the parrot. Yeah, yeah. And we say double or nothing, and holding up his claws. Yep. That that's a good one. That's a good one. I can't top that. I'm gonna just copy your answer. Okay. All right. You wouldn't go with uh, the old lady from next door. You know, she's a close second. She's a close <laughs> second. And and I want a picture of her. Um, and it says the nineties were ill and it was her and Kim Jong-il. Oh yeah. Um, what, uh, what character do you not want to come back in the, the sequel? In the sequel? The, I mean, kind of got to have his family. You got to have Alex. I mean, any of the gang of criminals they are all in jail. Yeah, that's true. That's I wouldn't. Good, I didn't. I didn't answer. like in the sec in Home Alone two. I mean, you can't really have it without Joe Pesci and the two bad guys. But this one, the bad guys weren't great, so I'd leave them in jail. Yeah, leave them in jail. Um, I I would say plus uh, Alex is going to North Korea to face off with Kim Jong Un, <laughs> yeah. Kim Jong Il. So uh, you don't need him. Home Alone three part two out of the house. <laughs> Out of the house. That's a great tagline. This time, the stakes are ill. Um, <laughs> the, how, who, uh, I, who, who do you have to have back for the sequel? For me, old lady. Uh, yeah, I, I think you you have the old lady. You think she goes to? Oh, you know how every great spy has like the guy in the van with on the earpiece telling she's everything. She's that. She's that in both of our movies. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. We came up with two great sequel ideas. I hope somebody from the studio, whatever studio produced this, Disney? Fox. Fox. Fox representatives, um, you're welcome. Call John Hughes. Call- him, he, he gets a characters by credit, but you and I get the story by. Yeah. Yeah. We should tr- we should write a movie. We got a podcast. We talked about starting a podcast for two years, and then we finally did it. The next logical step is writing a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just got to talk about it for like probably four years first. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy. I mean, somebody wrote Home Alone 3, so we could write a movie. Yeah. John Hughes, one of the most pro- prolific yeah. pop writers of all time. Oh, he's he died. Oh. In 2009. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I, I thought I remembered him passing away but yeah he's he's well, we gone some, we got some shoes to fill but i think we can fill them i think so between the two of the four of our feet can fill the two of his shoes um 
at least for this movie. Yeah, we're really we're going to be really influenced by a lot of terrible movies. On our, on our yeah, but that's what's going to make it great. Uh, what a uh, so last character last two questions. Who would you say is the best actor in in the movie? The best actor in the movie was probably the kid, Alex. Kid Alex, the kid. I thought he was the most likable. He was definitely the best character. He was definitely the best character. I thought he was probably the best actor too. I'm gonna say the mom. Mom was. Um, she, she was acting her pants off. She was really giving it all she got, but um, I don't know. I wasn't convinced by her tirade on the phone. Oh, I was. I thought she had a a difficult role, and she could have just been stereotypical, concerned housewife. She did have a difficult. She was a. She was a real. She she really gave it everything though. She did. She had a difficult role because her character both cared a lot about her son enough to almost quit her job, but also cared very little about him. Enough that she would leave him home alone all the time and not believe him when he. But he, that's her character. I'm talking about the actress. The actress did a great job of making me feel. She did. And, she did. And what I'm what, learning from watching these terrible movies is the mom is usually cast just by looks of somebody who looks like a mom. Yeah. Just like somebody who looks like a, a mom, basically. Do you and think they they're, get, they're not actually casting good actresses, but this lady could act. She could act. Do you think they gave her red hair because the mom in the first Home Alone had red Absolutely, hair? Absolutely, 100%. The, they, and the dad kind of looked like the dad from Home Alone 1. They, they definitely were trying to get close as they could. Or maybe that's just what parents look like in Chicagoland. I don't know. All the moms have red hair? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Large Irish population there. Yeah. I think. I don't sure. know. We built an Italian restaurant website in Chicago once. So I assume there's a lot of Italians there based on that one website. Well, we it's built. famous for pizza. Chicago style pizza. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But is that Italian though? That's not. I think it is because there were a lot of Italian immigrants there. Um, Otherwise, they wouldn't know what pizza was. So many carbs. Good carbs, though. Um. All right. Any more awards? Oh, worst. Who was the worst actor? The older brother. The older brother. Yeah. I thought both of the siblings were not great, but uh, one was Scarlett Johansson. One was Scarlett Johansson. So I'm going to give her a pass because she's Black Widow, and the older brother was terrible. Yeah. You know, uh, Scarlett Johansson was great in that movie, Her. Did you see Her? Yeah, she was a voice actor. Where she played Siri? She played Siri. She did a great job, though. Yeah. I really believe that she was AI. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, Joaquin Phoenix, man. Oh, what a guy. What a what a career. He's, he's going to be in a new Joker movie that's apparently a musical. I never saw the last Joker movie. Was it it was dark. I know he has a weird relationship with mental illness and his mother. Yes. And that might hit a little too close to home for me. Well, it's real dark. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it was based heavily on Taxi Driver. and I mean, Oh, I love Taxi Driver. Yeah. So it was like same kind of arc for the character. Does he rescue a 14-year-old I mean, it prostitute? Was, it was basically a remake of Taxi Driver. How many prostitutes were there? Um... I don't remember if there were any prostitutes. There was not a Jodie Foster character in it. Man, that was such a good movie. I didn't. I just want to rewatch Taxi Driver. Yeah, Scorsese. Yeah, 
one of the one of the all-time greats just like when i was a child i i knew the classic robert de niro impression was you talking to me yeah and uh then to actually see that movie and see oh he's doing that to himself in a mirror oh this guy's going crazy yeah he's got a cool haircut too yeah, it's almost. I mean, you have a similar style of haircut right now. <laughs> I didn't mean to get a mohawk. <laughs> I look like an idiot. You didn't. Uh, no, you don't. I, you look like your head is probably cold. My mom saw it and she was like, "I think you should go back and have them shave it all off and just start over." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You look like you came from a Proud Boys meeting." Oh, couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, it does look pretty ridiculous. I hope it grows out before we go to New York. I might meet Kevin McAllister there. Yeah, or Donald Trump uh, in yeah. the in the lobby of the Plaza Hotel. Was it the Plaza Hotel? It was probably the Trump Hotel. No. Is that a thing? I assume I'm, he has a hotel. I'm sure. Was it the, did he stay in the Plaza Hotel or in the Ritz? I, I, I think it was the Plaza. Anyhow. Are we, this, are we done with this episode? We're done with this podcast. You got to take us out with your famous catchphrase. Uh, Saturday morning dads, it's part of your complete breakfast. Doom, 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 doom.